Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for some super spreader events? I mean, are you ready for some football? What's up, kiddies? It's your favorite guilty pleasure, the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel. Take Ball State and the points, Cheeseman. This is Chad. Bartender, I'll have another mojito. So wash. On this week's show, Dice Finds Its Muse, Is Automation to Blame for Our Hiring Woes, and High High Times at Amazon. It's a happening, baby. Hut, hut. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about TextKernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> What's up, my Portuguese man of war? Nothing but mojitos and... Portuguese wine. I mean, you just can't, you can't beat it. The, the two, two things I'm going to have to get used to. First off, 
uh, getting bourbon here, I'm going to have to get a guy. That's all there is to it because uh, it's not easy to get bourbon and all the oh, bourbon that you can get is pretty much <laughs> shit. Is it basically Jim, Jack, and yeah, Johnny, yeah, basically? Yeah, all all okay. the guys you don't want at your party. Hmm. And then um, the, the, the beer is tolerable at, at best. So I'm just getting better at, uh, you know, mixed drinks and uh, wine and I'm going to, wherever we land, I'm going to set up a bourbon guy. That's all there is to it. There's going to be a underground bourbon tunnel. I have visions of you like Chad's Whiskey Bar and just shit from America that's hard to find or you can't find or you don't get there. And and it's boats and hoes, man. I can you, do it. You've already said they don't they don't body shame out there, so I'll come out with my speedo and we'll we'll sell some whiskey, baby. That's what I'm saying, baby. So I'm <laughs> I'm now in Albufera, probably saying that wrong, but this place, I shit you not, is like a mix between Vegas, Nashville, and Miami. Just better clubs and better beaches. <laughs> it just it, it's amazing. Fucking crazy, dude. But uh, but yeah. So it's it's been a blast. We were in Faro, Portimao. Now we're in Albufeira. We've got a few more weeks, a couple more locations. We're uh, we're loving it. And you've never looked as relaxed and happy as ever. And I still hate you. So let's get to some <laughs> shout outs, shall we? Football. Hell yeah. Well, by the time you listen to this, uh, the Buccaneers will probably have beaten the Dallas Cowboys. So by the way, I called it again last week, but I'm gonna say it again. Penn State potentially upset. Or sorry, Ball State potentially upsets Penn State this weekend at Happy mm-hmm. Valley. Okay, this is the same Ball State team that won won their bowl game last year. They had a pretty decent showing week one. Penn State's ranked number eleven. This would probably be the biggest upset in Ball State history, which I'm alumni of. For those listeners who don't know, so I'm going to be watching that game pretty closely. What you're saying is take the points. Take the points. Okay, twenty two okay. and a half. I think is the spread. Like yeah. take take Ball State in the points. You won't be sorry. <laughs> Well, shout out to Bill Borman, who actually threw out a term on the socials this week that I thought was fucking perfect. It's called herd stupidity. Uh, I think it's the, the perfect label for all of those who aren't vaxxed while having the opportunity and ability to actually get that done. Thanks for sharing, Bill. More labels is what we need, not but it was funny anyway. So I have a quick question. Uh, so Joe Biden is apparently going to come out and say, if you're a federal employee, you got to get vaccinated. But also, if you're a federal contractor, you have to be vaccinated. Now, you you come from that world much more than I do, although you're removed from it quite a bit. What kind of impact is is saying if you have if you're a federal contractor, you have to you have to have employees vaccinated? What kind of impact is that going to have on them? Most of these companies, I mean, we're talking about huge billion dollar organizations who really are feeding off the tit of the U.S. government uh, mm-hmm. with federal contracts. I mean, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. The, the, the federal government comes out and says, hey, look, if you're taking money from us, uh, here are the standards of which you are going to do business. And yeah. you don't have to. It's your choice to not do this just so that you know those contracts are going to dry up. So there's a pretty good chance that we're going to see Boeing, Northrop Grumman, like all these companies announce we're all, we're all getting vaccinated because the government has said 
if we want to keep our contract, mm-hmm. we're going to have to legislate vaccinations in our company. Well, it was funny. I think it was like around 2000, 2009, 2010, one of the um, the, the heads of uh, talent over at Facebook came up to me at a conference and said, hey, we just found out that we're federal contractors because the federal government pays them so much money, like in advertising. I think it's like Army or, or you know, the, the, the services. And they're like, yeah. you know, we're a federal contractor. I'm like, well, you can turn that money down. They're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. So what do we need to do? Right. So, you know, all these companies that you, you definitely the defense contractors, of course, but there are so many companies that you wouldn't even think that are federal contractors that take money from the federal government. That is going to be a huge, huge impact. And I hope it happens fast. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, so let's go back to football real quick with my shout out. So yeah. we're playing a little fantasy football this year. Oh, yeah. Powered by Poach, no insider trading there. Uh, so we had we have our lineup now. We had our draft last night, but I wanted to give a shout out to our players who mo- many of our listeners will know. So we got Quincy, the queen of chatbots. She's playing uh, this season. Jason Putnam from Pando, Bill yep. Fanning from This Way Global, Ben Kuntz from Jobcase, Christy Moon, who I'm just going to say is a super fan of the show, uh, Michael <laughs> Cox, uh, Chris Russell, and Pete Succi, as well as you and me. Are playing fantasy. It should be a good time. We'll we'll go through the leaderboard every week, and we'll have something special and uh, on brand for the winner. Gotta say, my auto draft is looking pretty damn good. <laughs> didn't didn't we both get graded a C though? No, I got graded a B. You got graded a C. I do not know how the fuck Fanning got graded an A. I don't know. I looked at his lineup. I'm like, that's not an awesome fucking lineup. That's a C plus at best. Fanning, I'm going to kick your ass just so you know it. It's not where you start. It's where you end in fantasy. That's (laughs) all I got to say. So shout out to our buddy Shane Gray, who is sailing the high seas. Oh, geez. You're idle based on your photos. Yo, dude, hopping from (laughs) island to island. I had a call with him earlier this morning. I was out on my terrace overlooking the pool. And he pulls up his video. He's on his fucking boat. So I'm like, yeah, you win. Good one. That's awesome. <laughs> so shout out to Shane. Guys, uh, guys enjoying life. And again, we only get one of these guys. So it's time to enjoy. Living their best lives as well as some of our winners from this month, Chad. We give away whiskey and beer Ooh, yeah. every month. And we announced our winners. Uh, Michelle Warg. From next is our beer drop recipient and winning some whiskey is Justin Spencer from ZipRecruiter. Guys, if you haven't signed up for free shit from us, go to chadcheese.com slash free. We got t-shirts from Emissary, beer from Adzuna and whiskey from Sovereign. We'll be setting up those Zoom tastings pretty soon with Justin and Michelle. Yes. Justin got hooked up, man. You sent him Eagle Rare and I sent him something that is an easy, perfect, wonderful drink as well. uh, The Mm -hmm. Makers 46. Your fave. Yeah. Eagle's tough to get. I was I was surprised to see that on the uh, the shopping list for him. So, yeah, Justin, enjoy that, my man. Yeah. So shout out to Shelly and Serge from the Recruitment Flex podcast for having me on their kickoff episode for season two entitled A Trip to Bullshit Mountain. You're going to enjoy that one. So check it out. Uh, Shelly and Serge from the Recruitment Flex podcast. It's pretty much a ripoff version of Chad and Cheese for Canada. Uh So it's much nicer. 
<laughs> I love it when you drag the Canadians down uh, to our level. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Canada, though, we have a story out this week. A Canadian out in Vancouver, of all places, decided to pee on a Dairy Queen countertop after being told to wear a mask when he didn't want to. So Canadians act a little rambunctiously as well as Americans can. Hard to believe. And also shout out to a Panera employee oh God. who outed Panera for having bagged soup when apparently they're pitching it as homemade soup. This is on TikTok, <laughs> which I'm telling you, employers, if you're not concerned about employees talking shit on TikTok, you should be because they are. Here's something else to watch for, though, kids. Uh, Facebook is moving toward Google for job types of uh, guidelines for the, for jobs that are actually in their in their uh, platform. And they're not forcing this, but what they're pretty much telling you is that you're going to get preference if uh, you have salary, address, remote type, whether it's FTE or temp uh, benefits, schedule type, whether it's day, night, or flex. They're trying to, I wouldn't say crack down, but they want more information from the employer because you guys aren't really good at providing information to the people who are looking for fucking jobs. So how about we do that better? To the metaverse with you, I say, to the metaverse. <laughs> uh, a happy birthday to Matthew Adam, yes. fan of the show, an industry vet out there at NAS. Matt Adam. Happy birthday, my man. Happy birthday. And with that... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, before we get into topics, we've got to uh, pimp the voices that we just put out, Netflix style, baby. Butchko. With Amy Butchko, who's Director of Talent Solutions over at SAIC. Five episodes all dropped at once. Check them out. Subscribe. If you want to hear industry veterans who literally have been in the trenches as recruiters and worked their way up to leaders in talent acquisition, Amy is one of those people. Yeah, get some good feedback on that. And you dropped that shit Netflix style. You just dropped oh, yeah. all five episodes. Like, no waiting at all. I enjoy that. <laughs> all right, man. Let's... Topics... All right. This one just warmed my heart. Okay. Dice's parent company, <laughs> DHI, ticker DHX, if you're playing Robin Hood, uh, is making a $3 million investment in The Muse, a job board with a focus on employer branding. Wait, Dice has $3 million? Anyway, the company said the investment will be used to support the expansion of The Muse's product development and sales efforts to meet the increasing market demand for its unique values-based employer discovery offering. Terms of the planned transaction are not being disclosed at this time. So I don't know, maybe later we'll get numbers. Uh, the two companies will work together to develop joint sales, thought leadership, and product solutions. Our buddy and your boy, Dicey, CEO Art Zeal said, technologists are increasingly focused on the culture and values of potential employers as they make career decisions. So the employees who sit in the dark with headphones now care about <laughs> culture. Chad, help me with this one. I, I got nothing, man. I got, I got to say, though, congrats to the muse. I mean, they, they got cash, but this shows the lack of discipline that DHI, that DHI has. Properties like Dice are getting their asses handed to them because of their sheer lack of discipline and not understanding the market. This does nothing more than signal to the market. Once again, DHI has no clue what they are fucking doing. And to be quite frank, I mean, it's a diversion. It's, it's a misdirection play. I just mm -hmm. don't understand why they aren't focusing on the actual 
community themselves. Th those individuals don't want warm and fuzzy culture fucking videos or, you know, splash pages or marketing, those types of individuals see through that shit, right? They want coding challenges. They want you to be able to help them open source. I mean, th there's so many things that DICE could be doing right now. They are falling flat on their fucking face again. Yeah. This one had a few knee jerk reactions for me. One was... <laughs> Yeah, they have three million to throw at the muse. And then it was like, why wouldn't they spend that on technology or hiring people who could make cool shit at Dice or maybe like buy a really young, I don't know, text recruiting company or chatbot organization or something Coding. like that. And then and then it was like, well, maybe this is just a midlife crisis for <laughs> Dice. And then it's like, well, you know, Monster has lost uh, at least one and a half generations now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're an energy drink if you're a millennial or a Gen Z. Yeah. Dice is probably what, like online gambling uh, or something to a new generation. So to me, it was a little bit like when Yahoo bought Tumblr to try to look cool again and maybe jumpstart its brand. Mm -hmm. This is this to me is like Dice buying a Tesla and a pair of Allbirds. Um, it's trying to be a, a cool kid and I don't see it, man. It feels like, you know, you or me going out and buying a Ferrari, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense, but it makes you feel maybe warm and fuzzy. Now I do think on the, the Muse side, mm -hmm. what does it say about them? Desperation. And I, I don't think it's good, right? Like no. we know that we know that from the pandemic, like the first people to go was the employer brand managers, the people yeah. that like all that warm and fuzzy stuff kind of went by the wayside. And, and yeah. I'm guessing that the muse was hurt by that. I mean, they've been around since 2011. Um, they've raised roughly $32 million. Maybe they're a little bit in a squeeze and in a bit of a financial corner. And they called up Dice and said, Hey, grandpa, you want to, you want to get cool? Come, <laughs> come put some money in us and uh, it'll be all good. So it makes no sense. The market didn't react real optimistically about the move. So I guess maybe there's something greater at work here that we're not privy to, but it falls pretty flat. It was like somebody taking Twister into an old folks home. I mean, there's yeah. just not, it, it, there's no match. There's no adoption. People aren't going to use it. It's going to sit on the fucking bookshelf, right? <laughs> so to think that there's going to be some alignment of, of of business strategies between these two organizations, it's not even hilarious. It's not even funny. I mean, it's sad more than it is anything else. <laughs> yeah, I've got to really stretch myself to figure out how this, <laughs> how this makes sense. I don't know if it's like, let's place some bets on companies that we think will be for sale later that are high growth. But I mean, the Muse... The Muse is not at the top of the list for anybody. What I've got to say to DHI right now is go ahead and kick Zeal to the fucking curb. Pull in Chad and Cheese as co-CEOs and we will fix that in less than 18 months. <laughs> well, at least they're not buying wave companies. When they do that, then Art's <laughs> definitely definitely got to go. Well, let's talk about a pivot that does make sense. Let's talk about Ucrute. Uh, so demand, demand for truck drivers continues to be just insane uh, and drivers find themselves looking for 
better opportunities. So enter a recruiting software company, Ucrude, who has built an app called Lane Finder uh-huh. to offer drivers an efficient way to explore available opportunities. Tulsa, Oklahoma-based Ucrude announced recently it received an $11.5 million investment to support the continued growth of its trucking industry marketplace application. Founded in 2012, the company has raised $20.5 million total. CEO and co-founder Mats Holmbach highlighted how Ucrude was born as a general recruitment marketing tool focusing on multiple industries, but since last year had a one industry focus trucking. Are you ready to truck on down to Lane Finder, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> That's one hell of a pivot, uh, but but I got to say it, it's what what it really is. It's a, it's a staffing company veiled as a tech company. Don't get me wrong; it's actually pretty damn smart because if if you tell companies come use our platform for free and only pay us when you hire drivers, well, that seems mm-hmm. like a good incentive. I mean, it's not revolutionary tech by any form or fashion, but does it really have to be when it's the trucking industry? No. So you know, g- get a free hiring platform. It's like an ATS light, free job postings, and a free career site. Just pay us when you get hires. It's the definition of getting a, a company hooked on crack. Now, here's the genius part. ATS and CRMs for years have built a separate candidate database for every single one of their clients. Not in this model. Yeah, Using the free jobs and their clients as bait to attract candidates while building an all-you-can-eat database when you only pay when you hire people, they have found a way, I believe, to go around what we've been used to for years, which are these, oh, well, that's my candidate. It's it's the candidate ownership conversation, right? You don't own the candidate, motherfucker. It's a free platform. It's my <laughs> candidate, right? So overall, yep. this isn't revolutionary tech by any means, but the model is it's pretty damn smart, I think. Chad, where are the self-driving trucks they promised us? <laughs> They're not coming anytime soon. Yeah, no, anytime soon. So my my brother-in-law is actually in the trucking industry and it's it's a fucking cluster. I mean, it's like so many moving pieces, parts of the year that are busier than others, shipments that come in when you don't expect them. You've got owners of trucks, you've got drivers of, you know, like people who work for companies and contractors. Crazy. And, I mean, it's just insane. So the marriage of mobile and technology and the gig platform phenomenon is mm-hmm. like no other industry comes together better than trucking. And you've got people that you know, only want to truck certain times of the day or only want to do certain parts of the world or certain, you know, states. They want to take their dog with them and they want to be able to do shit like, like it's, it's really crazy. Uh, so to have a technology like this makes total sense. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you were, if you were, if we were going to play who'd you rather and it was dice or a uh, lane finder, uh, lane finder would get my, my rose for sure. <laughs> no question. Remember, uh, BJ and the bear. Remember that show? Of course. Of course. <laughs> the monkey. That's exactly the seventies right. man where it was okay for grown men to hang out with monkeys <laughs> and truck across country. <laughs> that's oh. who they need. That's who they need, uh, as their, as their uh, figureheads, BJ and the bear, bringing it right yeah. back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They want to appeal to that Gen Z uh, candidate, <laughs> BJ and the bear. It's like uh, Grizzly Adams. Yeah, grown men and animals. That was kind of a thing <laughs> back in the 70s. Ah, let's take a break as we opine on the, uh, the 70s. And when we come back, we'll talk about automation and Indeed. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean... It's right there in the name. 
But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. So Chad, let's talk automation. Let's talk Harvard. Uh, A new report (laughs) from Harvard Business School was not very kind to recruitment automation, Mm -hmm. saying automated hiring software is mistakenly rejecting millions of viable job candidates. The report said such automation programs are used by 75% of U.S. employers and about 99% of the Fortune 500 Adding technology has made it easier to, uh, for people to apply for jobs, but also easier for companies to reject them. One example in the report highlighted uh, how some systems automatically reject candidates with gaps of longer than six months in their employment history without ever asking the cause of this gap. Nearly nine out of 10 executives surveyed said they knew automated software was mistakenly filtering out viable candidates, with some saying they were exploring alternatives to automation. Aside from going back to 1991, I don't see how anything changes too much cost and too much time. How does this get fixed, Chad? It seems like we have to continue to tell the Amazon story. Is this about peeing in trash cans again? No, not that that story. That was a good one, though. We'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) When Amazon created an algorithm that looked at market data... And then looked at the, I believe, the the actual hiring behaviors, historical hiring behaviors, and became bias. Mm-hmm. It was looking at human behavior. It was looking at markets. I mean, if you're doing this without any type of oversight, then you're doing it wrong. And to be able to think that we can just push a button and this works is ridiculous. Now, in all reality, let, let's let's just be incredibly honest here. The algorithm is only doing what humans have been doing for years. So to say, oh, that algorithm is biased. Well, yeah, but so of humans, they're just doing it at scale that humans can't do it at. That's why we notice it. Yeah. Instead of doing it in onesie twosies, they're doing it in tens. They're doing it in hundreds. They're doing it in thousands. So to, to point at the algorithm and say that the algorithm is the problem is 100% wrong. You need the algorithm. You need the ability to scale, period, right? Yeah. What you are not doing is you are not providing oversight. You are not auditing it because you are hoping it's a silver bullet. That's your decision, human being, talent acquisition, HR, that's not the fucking algorithms. Yeah. So what I loved was uh, that nine out of 10 executives surveyed said they knew automated software was mistakenly filtering out viable candidates. Translation, nine out of 10 executives hate their vendors. (laughs) They hate the solutions that they're using. Whatever. So to me, it's like the burden is on the vendors, the the software solutions to fix this shit. It's not. But I don't see companies fixing it themselves. They're going to just tell 
software to fix it somehow. And if your talent acquisition, VP of talent acquisition, your VP of, of HR isn't astute enough to actually work with this type of tech, you need someone else. So let's, so let's take the example of if someone has a six-month gap in their resume that right now we filter <laughs> that person out, right? We did before. So your solution to that would be what? The solution to that is we did it before. It's a process methodology that the company came up with, not the vendor. This is not a, this is not a part of the quote unquote vendor algorithm. This is something that is a process and standard operating procedure mm-hmm. for companies. They've been using this and doing it for decades. Again, the only reason why we're noticing this is because it's happening in, at scale. Companies have been doing this for years. So to point at the algorithm or the vendors and say, oh, they're at fault is total bullshit. I don't, I I agree with you. I just think the burden is going to be on them to fix it because I don't think companies want to look in the mirror and say, how do we fix this pre-screening question of, of six months gap? Or how do we say, how do we fix that filtering that we've set in there. So to me, it's like they're going to ask your chatbot solution or conversational AI, AI to say, okay, we see that there's a six-month gap in there. And the conversational AI is going to say, hey, why is there a six-month gap from the last time you were work from here to here? And then whatever answer is given is either going to filter them in or out to continue to be in the process or to be considered for a job or not. So I just think the company is going to say, hey, software solution, you need to fit. You like, How do we fix this filtering? Uh, to not be a filtering question anymore? Or how do we dig deeper into this? Essentially creating nuance around the interviewing process, whether it be through conversational AI, or I'm uploading a resume and doing a pre-screening, uh, pre-screening test on my ATS. I just think that's how it's going to work out. I don't think companies are going to look in the mirror and fix it themselves, which which goes back to the how nine out of 10 say that their software sucks. Well, yeah, because they want to point the finger at someone else. I agree 100 percent. That's Talent my whole acquisition, point. You've got to take responsibility because the onus is on you, period. That's all there is to it. You're using a tool. You are blaming the hammer for not being able to uh, to be able to screw in a screw. That's what you're doing. If you're a vendor out there, this is a great opportunity for you to make some money. Well, this is a great opportunity for you to educate your stupid fucking clients. But they don't think they're stupid, Chad. That's the problem. (laughs) They they know they're they're all geniuses. They work at Fortune 1000 companies or 500. (laughs) Or 500. Anyway, speaking of geniuses, or at least those who think they're genius, let's Uh talk about Indeed. And uh, you've unearthed some interesting shit there, Indiana Jones. I think we have. I think we have. Uh, th- this is uh, we're going underground on this one, as you'd said. I think we've unearthed Indeed's cost per apply start playbook. Uh, it comes from a tw- blueprint. If yeah, you will. blueprint. Yes, a good call, good call. <laughs> it comes from a 2016 article on Indeed titled "Study: Which Companies Offer the Fastest Online Job Application Processes." The article outlines topics like your application could be driving away the best candidates and a study found that 30% of candidates won't spend longer than 15 minutes on an application. Our research shows companies with 45 or more screener questions, oh my God, are losing the vast majority or 88.7% of their potential applicants who abandon the process before completion, close quote. So 
here's here's what it comes out to, kids. Nothing has changed in the last five years. This is research from 2016. And now, indeed, are being forced into a walled garden in a cookie-less type of platform. What the fuck are they supposed to do? If the market is moving toward cost per application, CPA or CPH, cost per hire, and then the corporate hiring system, the applicant tracking system, is a shit experience that drives high ejection and low completion rates. What's Indeed supposed to do? I think this is the writing on the wall, to be quite frank. They had no choice because they saw the possibility of their profits dropping because of going to CPH and CPA. They needed to make a change ASAP. And seriously, if I was Indeed, I would dig up this 2016 article and I would use it to create narrative that justifies the move to this new product because their current narrative is shit. I don't know if their marketing (laughs) people have changed since then, but your marketing people were better in 2016 than they are now Indeed. So I would take a look at that old stuff. Dude, you're only going to get this kind of research on the Chad and Cheese podcast. (laughs) Like. We act like we're a bunch of knuckleheads, but really we're researching this shit. We're digging in kids. Uh, only, only this show provides that kind of backdating research, describing or explaining this future state of what's going on. So Chad, I, I personally, and I think all my listeners as well, all, all <laughs> listeners applaud. Thank you. You putting on your Indiana Jones hat, your, your whip and heading heading out to the desert and finding this this kind of information. So I Here, want to go to Indeed. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. here's who should really applaud aggregators, recruitment ad agencies, and programmatic platforms because they are the ones who are in dire need of changing because Indeed's about to whip all of their asses. First and foremost, <laughs> aggregators, it's very easy because they either band together or get blown the fuck up, period. Mm. Because Indeed is going to own them if they don't start to create unholy alliances. That's all there is to it. Recruitment ad agencies, I don't know how many of them have actually come to us and say, do you, do you really think Indeed's going to become a recruitment ad agency? Yes. Monster did it. Career Builder did it. And they weren't even as close as evil and or geniuses as indeed. If you don't think that this is going to happen, then you haven't been paying attention for the last 20 fucking years. Programmatic platforms, it's called a walled garden. They're going to stop taking your feeds, guys. They're going to stop taking your feeds. Listen to me. When they stop taking your feeds, where are you going to go for traffic? TMP. Yes. So (laughs) aggregators, recruitment ad agencies, and programmatic platforms, you all need to start creating unholy alliances because if you take a look at these designs and what could prospectively happen, you are all fucked. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. Can we talk neurodiversity? Do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) We won't spend too much time on it. Okay. 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 So indeed.com and blockchain algorithms, which sounds really cool. Right. And when I saw blockchain, I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> so they launched, they launched a guide, a guide. Okay. Yes. That's exciting. They launched yeah. a guide and a set of special questionnaires to help facilitate equitable hiring. The guide is for hiring managers to ensure that they don't miss on job applicants because of diagnoses, including autism, ADHD, Asperger's syndrome, dyslexia, and dyspraxia. 
hyperaxia. I don't even know what that is. The toolkit includes explanations of neurodiversity, provides practical advice for hiring managers and HR teams, as well as a sample job description. For example, people with dyslexia can be outstanding performers in fields such as molecular biology, engineering, and computer graphics. Who knew? As they have augmented abilities of three-dimensional thinking. Kind of like you, Chad. We talk a lot about (laughs) diversity on the show. Is it time to add neurodiversity to the equation? Diversity is diversity. Disability is disability. And this, my friends, is the indeed we've come to know and love because this is stupid as fuck. I mean, what the actual (laughs) fuck are these guys thinking? The company is hitching their wagon to a sports betting company. I mean, this is the that's what this blockchain company does, right? It's a it's a sports blockchain betting company. So I asked Julie because she's the expert in hiring sure. individuals with disabilities, especially into yep. big brands. And I asked her about this. We read it. We had a conversation about it. And her, her response pretty much was, why the actual fuck do they need blockchain for this? It feels like they're checking the neurodiversity and blockchain boxes Oh yeah, in their marketing department. Yeah. Again, Indeed's marketing shit compared to five years ago. <laughs> But it's always fun to put your brand name and blockchain in a headline. It's destined to get read by people like us. <laughs> yes. Destined for people to make fun of you. So your, your wife is way more connected to this uh, stuff than I am. The, the, my, my knee jerk was like, oh, shit, neurodiversity. And I was like, okay, who owns neuro? It's time to launch neurodiversityhiring.com. Yeah. So me being who I am, I went to neurodiversityhiring.com. And sure enough, it redirects to a company called Mintra, whose uh, sub subtext is bring your neurodiversity to work. So then I went to Google and searched neurodiversity hiring. And of course, there's like a handful of companies that all specialize in neurodiversity. So in asking if it's going to be a thing, it apparently already is a thing. We just haven't quite got on on board yet. Yeah, but indeed, again, checking the blockchain and neurodiversity boxes. Yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. And I love that it's a guide. It's not like a technology or something integrated into the site or posting a job. We just created some paper for you to read and get some samples. Worst marketing (laughs) department ever. Well, all this neurodiversity is making me a little naturally high, Chad. Let's take a break and we'll talk about Amazon pot smokers. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. All right, Chad. All right, Chad. We've we've ended we've ended with strippers for a few weeks in a row. I think it's time to <laughs> Time to mix it up. All right. Recruiting automation is not killing Amazon's high, however. 
Uh, recent reports say the company is suggesting its contractors prominently advertise that they don't screen applicants for marijuana use. That's right. Amazon is advising its delivery partners, the moms and pops that operate the ubiquitous blue Amazon vans that are driving around your neighborhood, to prominently advertise that they don't screen applicants for marijuana. Apparently, doing so can boost the number of job applicants by as much as 400% Duh. while screening for marijuana cuts the prospective worker pool by up to 30 Not everyone is sold, though, Chad. One contractor who requested anonymity because Amazon will kill him if he's discovered, might be a she, who knows. Uh, He said, if one of my drivers crashes and kills someone and tests positive for marijuana, that's my problem, not Amazon's. All right, Chad, where do you stand on screening for weed in states where it's illegal? Yeah, don't do it. It's fairly simple. It's like alcohol. You create a standard operating procedure. If somebody doesn't abide by it, then it's on them. You have them sign. If a driver is drunk while they're behind the wheel, what happens? Right? Same same type of ramifications. But here's something that I that I never thought of. Uh, yeah. Am- Amazon delivery contractors are often outbid by school bus companies, where drivers can make more than twenty dollars an hour and are home for dinner. Amazon contract drivers typically earn $17 an hour and often work late into the nights to keep mm-hmm. keep up with demand. Question is, are the school bus drivers getting tested for weed? Because <laughs> if they're not getting tested for weed, then, I mean, come on. who? Nobody should be getting tested for weed. And are they loading up the buses with packages? I'm very concerned by this. <laughs> a, very concerned you by could, this. You could double up on that, couldn't you? Oh, that's smart. The wrinkle is if, if it's in a state where it's illegal, like, I don't know how uh, that seems like a pickle to me, like liquor, it's it's legal. So there are laws against it. If it's totally legal, then I don't know. I, I appreciate the concern of, you know, getting sued and getting screwed in that way. I, I think an easy way is if the feds would just make this shit legal. It's illegal to drive drunk. In every state, but not every. But there's. It's illegal to state, drive drunk in every yes, state. Okay. Yes, but alcohol is legal in every state. But it's illegal to drive drunk in every state. That's the thing. He's talking about driving while high. If he has a crash while he's driving while high, it's illegal. If he has a crash while he's driving while drunk, it's illegal. All right, Chad, I'm going to blow your mind here. Okay, if, <laughs> if the if the U.S. wants to get people back to work, maybe they should legalize marijuana. I think that's a great way to end the show. (laughs) Enjoy Portugal, my friend. Yes, sir. Football is back. I'm loving it. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www chadcheese.com Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform. 
where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.